0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, May 1st installment of the Silicon Insider, the only truly honest and uncensored look at life and business in the Valley. We're again at the Malone Bunker in Sunnyvale at the Egyptian Brash Coffee Table and quarantined and ready to go. My name is Mike Malone. I've been covering this town longer than anybody. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Budman, essential tech reporter for NBC Bay Area. Our producer is Tad Malone and our host for this podcast is again the Silicon Valley Business Journal.
1: You I'm glad it. that once a week we give you a chance to talk at least. Yeah you, get it, you <laughs> get it
0: warts and all folks you can tell I have not been communicating much in the last few weeks with anybody.
1: We're all a bit rusty.
0: Yeah okay so let's get started.
1: Well hey the stories everybody. this
0: week. Yeah, you know, I want to
1: start with something positive. And remember, we talk a lot about robotics and driverless technology. And is it really ever going to help and and be something that consumers like? Uh, And I think we saw that in the last couple of weeks. The driverless technology and the robotic technology really paying off when it comes to contactless delivery.
0: You know, we we started talking about this a few weeks ago, how this is going to drive certain technologies into the mainstream. It would have taken several more years. It's happening now by necessity.
1: Yeah, you know, we're able to take a, a deep dive into it and saw uh, some of the robotic delivery services. Now, these were kind of seen as uh, a one-off. You know, you'd see a little robot rolling down the street somewhere in Berkeley or something right. to Cute. deliver food. Right, yeah. now it's really making important deliveries. Uh, Neuro Robotics, a company based in, in Mountain View along the peninsula, delivering uh, equipment to hospitals this way and if you think about it there is a risk if, if you or I were to do this to doctors all that stuff
0: so when you say delivery you mean it's a it's an empty car
1: well no you you fill up the car on yeah. one end it drives itself to the hospital does it to have the person
0: in it nope nope so I can be going down Grant Road, and I get passed by a driverless vehicle. Now these robots on its way to El Camino Hospital.
1: They they often go on the sidewalk. Sometimes they're small. Oh. They they come in different sizes. I've seen these guys rolling around.
0: How far can they go? How fast not, can not, they go?
1: Not terribly far. Not terribly fast. Okay. But, but the the range is getting better. The speed is is not there. But you
0: see but like them like Kaiser and Santa Clara with all those buildings and everything. It yeah. can Move around between all of those.
1: Absolutely. And okay. again, it's contactless. We've also seen it on the further. Cruz, uh, cruise remember this company yes, got absolutely. a lot of uh, a lot of investment and uh, it it is now loading up with food to take to seniors and to take to so they'll they'll it'll it'll drive itself to a food bank yeah. load up you know you load it up with food it'll then take itself to uh, a healthcare facility or right. your home or your parents home so like the
0: people that used to go to the Sunnyvale community center now right. gets delivered at their home so
1: it's contactless Okay. And uh, apparently in four weeks or six weeks, 100,000 meal deliveries from these guys. Wow. So that's uh, an example yeah, of... this
0: overcomes our resistance. So oh, we don't want robotic cars driving by and all that. But, oh, it's going to help feed old people. Right. Oh, well, that's okay.
1: Helps in two ways. One, like you say, it helps feed old people. Two, I don't need you... Because I don't want you touching their food, and I don't need you to even get involved. Oh, well, that's a positive. I can stay in my home, and yet perhaps my elderly parents can get fed. Uh, And and so it's it's good on several... So the
0: long-term effect. We're already hearing that supply chains are going to be rebuilt using a lot more automation and AI. Remember we had the beginnings of this movement last year of robot food. You go into the, you know a hamburger joint and it's all done automatically. Is this gonna propel that once we can get back into the world?
1: Maybe. I think uh, I think less resistance to this is important because it's it's a testing ground and perhaps a proving ground yes. to say this can be done. And you might say, oh, but what about the drivers that do this? Other than say Uber eats an Instacart, which right. by the way are busier than ever during right. the pandemic. We don't see drivers do this all that often. Yes. Uh, so this is a way to Create some new jobs. Meanwhile, the food banks are staffing up because they're needed more than ever, and they're on the one end. And so, you do have more people involved, even in a driverless car over a robotic scenario.
0: So, the pizza's coming to my house soon. That way,
1: pizza's on its way. That okay, way, absolutely. Okay, well,
0: that's the end of high school jobs.
1: Well, that's we be, saw yeah. this.
0: What we've seen, we've been, we've heard this coming. Right, all driving jobs are going to slowly disappear. Okay, uh, earnings. It's the earnings season again. We're right in the midst It of never earnings. ends, you know? No. It seems like you announced, well, we have earnings this week. And you go, oh, okay, it was another quarter?
1: Well, it's like it's uh, you like, when I was in college, it was the quarter system. You yes. always had a midterm You always had in. a
0: midterm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we
1: always have earnings. And these are interesting. You and I talked about maybe a couple of months ago that this would be the COVID earnings season. And it is, but with some surprises. The numbers right. are still strong. Now, granted, the numbers have to be backdated for the last three months sure. by the time we get them now. But we didn't see a huge fall off in some of these big tech companies. They're still cranking out product, even though everyone's working at home. Right. The, the COVID comes in in the future forecast. Now,
0: we see a little effect on Amazon. I saw those numbers yesterday, right? And, and Bezos is actually going to take the profits, or most of them, $4 billion? $4 billion. Wow. That's a serious contribution out there.
1: I think some of these guys are starting to understand that on the other end of this, the legacy will either be, you know, did you David Geffen this? Did you post some pictures to Instagram of your yacht? Yes. Or did you, I don't know, Mark Benioff this and say no layoffs? Right. And by the way, I'm donating millions to this. Did you Jeff Bezos this? You know, he was controversial in the beginning because people are still working at Amazon and perhaps, you know, getting this. Protesting. On the other hand, to take $4 billion of profit and say, I'm putting it right back into what society needs right now. That's what people will remember on the other end of this.
0: And they need that because I sense something else is coming, which is a growing feeling that big companies and government are being very supportive of big business at the cost of small business. If there's going to be one thing nasty that comes out of this pandemic is we may be killing small business in America and growing even bigger large businesses.
1: You're right, and I think these earnings have proved the large businesses are getting larger. They're surviving it well,
0: and, and are Why able, even?
1: right? Partially because they're able to adapt and and put money towards this, yes. or you know whatever. But um, but the small ones are really suffering. I mean, it, it really is painful. And speaking of the legacy that's going to be left, to find out that a publicly traded company worth hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars is getting PPP and your local restaurant or coffee shop or barbershop is unable to... Your
0: favorite little neighborhood place. Yeah, that's not going
1: to be a good look forever. It's
0: not going to be a good look at all. Okay. Elon Musk inserts himself into yet another narrative.
1: Yeah, woof. Um, you know, in an otherwise surprisingly good earning report, Tesla yeah. coming up with another profitable quarter. They're actually backlogged, they say, um, which means in a time when people aren't really shopping for all that many consumer goods, they really? still want Teslas. Um, when gas prices are at historic lows, they still want Teslas. This is a company that really is stronger than anyone thought it could be. Absolutely. And yet, what's the headline? Musk, during the conference call, for those of you like me who are geeky enough to track even the conference calls, he goes off on a rant talking about the government is fascist yeah. and it's keeping it's, it's ordering us into our homes. Right. I, I just, I had to shake my head when, when a billionaire is talking about how hard it is out there. Yeah, I don't want to hear Come on. I don't
0: right. want to hear it. You know, is he that thirsty? I mean, he reminds <laughs> me of looking at the, you know, the, the uh, Daily Mail, and all yes. the, the starlets <laughs> taking photographs of themselves in bathing suits, yeah. you know, these selfies, because they're so desperate to get the world's attention out there. Doesn't he get enough? I mean...
1: Maybe he needs to get off Twitter and hop on Instagram. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he can be an influencer. And it's, <laughs> by the way, as you and I speak, yeah, this moment, 15 minutes ago, uh, so it was right about quarter to nine Pacific time, he tweets out, Tesla stock is too high. And this comes again on- Who
0: does that?
1: Uh, Well, I'll I'll say in a minute, but first of all, Tesla stock is now down 10%. If you look at the chart, bam, it goes straight down. Because again- Are you looking
0: at doing a buyback? Is that what they see? literally trying to depress (sighs) his own stock?
1: I don't know. But if I'm an investor, and I'm not, if I'm an investor in this, I'm furious. Like, come on, just let the product speak for itself. Um,
0: There are times, as a journalist, you're actually relieved you don't own any stock. Oh, yeah. You know, because you'd be in the midst of this. I mean, do you need more stress in your life than (laughs) than a company you invest in actually driving down their own stock?
1: I have been told, and and I can speak of this because it doesn't matter anymore, by a couple of CEOs. And honestly, if you think about it, who would know where their stock should be better than the CEO? Sure. Uh, Scott McNeely, when he was leading Sun... Told me off the the record. You
0: really honest CEO. He was
1: famously honest. He told me, and this was off the record, but he said, "You know, I'm going to buy a house now, yeah, because our stock is overvalued, and this is when I can take advantage of it." Now he doesn't say that out loud and harm shareholder equity, but he knows this. Uh, um, uh, Tj Rogers, another CEO who famously tracked, right, and he would say, "Given what I know." mathematically and he had this system that he once explained to me and i wish i was smarter when he was doing it and he'd say the stock is too high right now and here's where it's going to go from here and he was eerily right on that but he wouldn't say this out loud and maybe it was good that in the mcneely ceo of sundays and the tj rogers days there wasn't a twitter right Um, but these are people who do know what they're talking about i believe that elon musk knows what he's talking about but i just think he talks too much
0: yeah he talks too much Got a Scott McNeely anecdote for you. I don't think I've ever told this publicly, (laughs) but when I had my PBS show, I interviewed Scott. And we did it in a rotunda at the Sun Microsystems building out there in Menlo Park. And I was interviewing him, and I said, How do you balance running a Fortune 500 company and having a wife and little kids at home? And he had this stricken look on his face, and he said, I can't. I just can't. Interesting. And at that moment of weakness, His PR director came on the set, literally walked in front of the cameras, and said, Scott has to go. (laughs) He has another meeting and dragged him off. So if you ever see that episode, you'll see a lot of filler because he had to leave. His handlers would not let him be that honest to the world. That's the life of a CEO of a Fortune 500 company.
1: And he was honest uh, and known for it. Remember his famous privacy comment way before the face of the world and he said let's face it you have no more privacy uh and he was absolutely right
0: right absolutely well i got got a story for you i got an email from a old friend rich goldman he used to be a vp of synopsis and he he and his brother own a boat company and they they sell it and all they sell them and buy them and all that and broker them and uh He just sent me a link saying we're doing a virtual boat show. It's interesting how people are adapting to this new world. (laughs) You would think a boat show would be the last thing you would do virtually, but it's on Zoom. You know, his company is called, uh, what's it called? It's quite a crazy name, Atomic Tuna. But they're doing boat shows now and and selling million-dollar items on the Internet. This is a different world.
1: Yeah, I mean, people are doing fitness online and there are book clubs online and everything online. As an aside,
0: there's some research, uh, some company that looks at uh, customer complaint departments and what the most common complaints are. They've completely changed in the last month. The number one complaint now is failure of the teleconferencing equipment when you make your complaint.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, as as an employee of a cable company, it's (laughs) nice to have it somebody else now. can I tell you?
0: Okay, uh Zoom kinda retracted that three hundred million that they were throwing out last week. We were we were sitting here raving, wow.
1: Yeah, and they did it in a weird way. They said it's now what three hundred million uh people taking in conference calls or or participating. Some some
0: flat got a little carried away with his verbiage. Right. And now they had to take it back.
1: And I still don't understand now how they do these metrics. And they
0: don't Um, want you to understand. They want a big number.
1: Probably not. But I did notice that, uh, you know, WebEx is coming out with numbers and Microsoft Teams is now coming up with numbers. You're seeing some startups in this space. Again, BlueJeans just got bought by Verizon. So this is the hot new space. Uh, and we'll see how long that lasts.
0: Understandably. Yeah. I think it's going to last longer than we think. Perhaps so. Um, Gilead. Boy, it's like every week we have the reverse story the week before. Right. So, okay, they're the greatest company in the world. They're going to save mankind. No, no, no. <laughs> the vaccine doesn't work. And now, hey, the vaccine does work. And, you know, the market... and I said... How would you like to be in that position of having the entire world economy on your shoulders? Gilead's there, man.
1: Right. I mean, most companies see their own stock rise and fall on news. Right. We've got the entire Dow Jones industry world. The entire Dow Jones
0: floats. They are the flotation device of the entire yeah, Dow Yeah, and,
1: and again, biotech, we've talked about this before, is not something you should play day by day. It's no, just not. These good things take Lord, time. No. Um, everybody knows a vaccine of any kind is going to take a long time, whether it's from a giant like Gilead or a small startup that stumbles upon something. Gilead also, even yesterday saying, um, you know, in, in its earnings report, we're going to give this away, you know, rendesivir and, and, you know, which is obviously the right thing to do. And that's a legacy builder, but the stock is down this morning because even though profits are good, et cetera, et cetera, they're saying this thing that could be the big thing, if it ever works out, is going to be given away at least at first, which you know, good for them. You should invest in that. But that's... Good for
0: mankind, bad for shareholders. Exactly. And we're starting to see that. We always have to keep that in mind about the New York Stock Exchange and (laughs) NASDAQ and all that, that their interests are not necessarily ours. Exactly. Okay. Well said. Interesting piece uh, from my old friend Mark Andreessen, the legend, uh, in MIT Technology Review. He just excoriated Silicon Valley. You know, saying that the Valley has failed to uh, prepare and respond consistently, competently to the coronavirus pandemic. We don't build anything in the Valley anymore. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Remember, this is the guy that said software is going to rule the world. Right. Ten years ago. And now all of a sudden he's complaining that software rules Silicon Valley. (laughs) And that uh, we we don't build enough anymore.
1: Yeah, when I saw this article, that's what I thought of. Because Andreessen was right about software. Um, And maybe the Valley is too focused on whatever is hot Well, there has been
0: that complaint. You know, we we don't make chips anymore. Right. You know, the last line, which was just a test line, disappeared at Intel a few years ago. We don't have a lot of factories here anymore. It's all thought work and code. So, I mean, his argument's correct in one respect, but I'm going to counter it in a minute.
1: Well, and I would say just, uh, right, I mean, you know, Apple wasn't known for masks. Yeah. But then, boom, they pivoted and you've got millions of masks. Right. San Mina wasn't making ventilators. That's not what they do. But they took a huge portion of their machinery right. to make ventilator parts. So you could say the valley isn't made for a pandemic. But, well, of course it's not. Yeah, Nothing is. Nothing is. Um, but these companies, and then i throw but in... But the bio. valley's
0: built for making, building exponential solutions or finding exponential solutions to exponential problems. Right. And you can't do that with an assembly line. It has to be done with design and mashups of other technologies and doing all these things. Right. And we're, we're the best in the world at that.
1: Right. I mean, in World War II, people weren't saying, oh, America doesn't make enough munitions. Yeah. No, it didn't until it, it didn't. had to. And then GM stopped making cars and no, started making... Yeah, we
0: had making... like the 30th smallest standing army in the world, yeah. and under-equipped, and we turned it around in 18 months.
1: Right. And that's a good word. I would say that, yes, we were way under-equipped for this. Uh, and, and perhaps shame on us, but... The Valley was at the forefront of changing and, and altering. And now you've got Tim Cook saying, hey, I'm going to make 30 million of these masks. Yes. Who knew that that would be the next release from Apple?
0: Yeah. And think of that number. I mean, that's an right. astounding number. Okay. Uh, NASA. Yeah. Looking to SpaceX and Blue Origin. Speaking of, you know. Speaking
1: of tech helping the, the government. Tech companies,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, to help with the next lunar lander. Yeah,
1: this is good. And this is something we... i
0: spend a billion dollars on it.
1: Yeah, NASA is. And and the first two of the first three companies are, are tech companies with, you know, kind of crazy billionaires who want to get into space. Right. Um, you could argue that Blue Origin is still a little bit unproven, but I think SpaceX has really hit a lot of targets.
0: This could be the legacy of the 2020s. You know, if social networks were the 2000, 2010, and, and the smartphones were the last 10 years, and different kinds of social networks, maybe we're going to look back and say, This was a bunch of tycoons. Yeah. Got us back to the moon. Got us to Mars.
1: Yeah. uh, Although I I do think in this time right now, we are looking to the tycoons for more than the next big tech thing or space thing. You know, we need help now. And, you know, here it is. You and I are talking on May Day. And I have a feeling a lot of folks are going to be walking off the Amazon line or yeah, walking not, out of Whole Foods. Not
0: a good look for workers. International Workers' Day.
1: Well, right. I mean, but that aside, uh, they're walking off because they are necessary, essential workers who are underpaid yes. by the world's richest man. That's oh, yeah. an inequity that could also define the 2020s in a very negative
0: no, it way. No, it doesn't look good right now. But the moment this virus pandemic ends, we're going to look up. It's human nature. What's the next big thing?
1: True. And maybe what, it may be what it's do space. we
0: attach our attention to next? And if you know, all of a sudden we got a lander on the moon. Yeah, we're heading for Mars. That's going to capture the world's imagination, just like it did in the '60s.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, obviously, that would be amazing. I, I would love to sit and watch a lunar landing. Uh, unable to, you know, back in the day, I would love to do it now. That did would you just...
0: or were you ever old enough to watch men walk on the moon?
1: Um. I guess maybe in the later stages, but no, I, I don't remember ever seeing that. Yeah, see and um, it's not
0: part of your memory.
1: No. No, I'm and yet I'm I'm old. I'm older than anybody else in the newsroom because yeah. we're all yeah, in you're our the twenties except for me. Yeah, but, but you gotta
0: look to a grey haired guy like me
1: <laughs> right, to I'm, actually tell you what it was like. Right. My generation just heard all the conspiracy theories. We didn't right. really land on yeah, it. Was, it was,
0: yeah, we literally Yeah. So
1: uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this and it's fascinating that we've chosen the moon first on the way to Mars. I think that's a good you know, one, two step.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a light launch pad. So, okay. (laughs) Winners. Winners and losers. So, my... I want to go backwards this time. Can we go backwards? Because we always do loser. We finish with losers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's go losers first this time. Okay.
1: My loser this time, because it really did stick out, is Lyft as a representative, if you will, for the whole gig economy, which is just getting slaughtered. Uh, Lyft announcing layoffs, uh, yes. you know, their stock price up and down. They're running out of money. This is a business model that was in trouble pre-pandemic. You know, right. AB5 was the first whack. Uh, now you've got this. Um,
0: can you believe California still has in place AB5? in yeah. a moment like this?
1: I mean, it's, it's...
0: How short-sighted and myopic can you
1: be? Right. I mean, these are workers that really need protection, not... Laws. I don't know how to say that. You know, it sounds weird, but um, it doesn't need more regulation. It needs more opportunity. Oh, you're stuck at home
0: quarantine, trying to survive and pay your bills? Join a union. Yeah, I I mean... mean, That's the solution from the state of California. I just watched
1: an ad from Uber, and the tagline is, thank you for not riding Uber. That's where we've come. A company saying, hey, thanks for not participating in our economy. Thanks for not using us. And they were bleeding money in the first place you know, supposedly on their way to profitability. Now, it's a broken model, and I, I just don't see, oh, I don't know, I mean, Uber and Lyft are, are, in some ways, very lucky to have already gone public. In some ways, yeah. this is a disaster because they're not worth anywhere near what they used to be as private companies. Right. And, and does this model survive?
0: Interesting question. We assumed it was the future.
1: Really tough week for them. Uh, the winner uh, this week is, I'm gonna pick Microsoft. Are you? I mean, we, we talked earlier in the show about how these billionaire leaders are kind of leading the way right. and how our economy is looking more than ever to large companies that have the cash to say, as Jeff Bezos did, I'm going to donate $4 billion to the cause because that's our profit. Right. Uh, Satya Nadella is saying we're going to donate a lot of money. We're going to make sure workers still. Um, he's a leader. Microsoft is is the most valuable company in the world right now because... People are trusting it, not to mention using the heck out of it with all the software and sure. machines and all that stuff. Um, He's like the
0: least known, most competent CEO in America right now.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, you know. And maybe
0: they're connected, you know. Maybe I, he doesn't feel this need to self-actualize by being, you know, in uh, the uh, <laughs> Daily Mail every day like right. Elon is. I'm guessing
1: Satya Nadella hasn't tweeted, our stock is too high priced. No,
0: I bet he hasn't.
1: <laughs> and he, you know, so so Gates is off doing wonderful philanthropy that he will be known for. That's good. Ballmer, bless his heart, is owning sports franchises and, you know, doing his thing. Uh, Satya Nadella very competently running this company that went public, what, four decades, three decades ago? Uh, So, you know, in the 80s, and and here we are looking to these guys as stalwarts, as strength for our overall economy, while the new economy, the gig economy, is threatened with extinction. So that's my one-two loser and winner. How about you?
0: Okay, my loser. Electricity. <laughs> okay. You know, usage around the world may be down 5% this year. Now, that may be good for pollution. We have, we have bluer skies. True. We're breathing better. But it's like the greatest one-year drop in 150 years. And, you know, like it or not, civilization advances on electricity. You know, you may, you know, it may be Improvement to jump from my pickup to your, you know, to your Tesla. But that depends on electricity, too. And we got places like India where demand is just almost disappearing. And when that happens, um, bad things fall, like famines and wars and things like that. And I have a feeling that in the developing world, we're going to see a lot of unexpected strife over the next few years as a result of this pandemic and the collapse of demand for a lot of this infrastructure stuff. And it's worrisome. I know, organizations, I know there are groups meeting all over the world right now. I just talked to a woman at one last night from uh, Australia and these futurists and all that are predicting massive famines in Africa. As soon as COVID hits fully in Africa, there's gonna be some serious problems there. I mean, I don't. I think we're gonna feel like we're out of this thing. But the world is not going to be out for a while, and there's going to be some major repercussions. And now you didn't. Now you know why I didn't want the loser last, because no. that's so depressing. Right. <laughs> you don't want to think about it. All right, the winner. I'm going to disagree with Mark. Andreessen. Andreessen. Okay. Yes. You know, love Mark, but he gets a little excited sometimes and pessimistic. Let me take the contrary view. That uh, Silicon Valley is the winner of the week, and. I got the idea from our our friend, our Massachusetts correspondent, Bob Grove. Here's a note from him I got. The speed of vaccine development for COVID-19 is breathtaking. When the gene sequence was released in OVO, pharmaceuticals had a drug plan in place in just hours. Their vaccine is already in trials. Some of the speed is clearing away red tape, but some of it is a bit like the embedded processor revolution. Computing power has migrated to the bio labs and using databases with decades of info and some advanced modeling has allowed drug companies to build drug models in days rather than months or years. The impact on the drug development efforts is almost too big to measure. COVID-19 will be slain by Moore's law. That's a heck of a statement, but I think he's right. I mean, in other words, Silicon Valley should be proud playing a part in all this and fighting this pandemic it's it's Moore's law and this exponential momentum we've created in our society and technology that has enabled us to get through this like we have
1: it's interesting because Grove lives in Massachusetts right yes now that's known as the center of biotech
0: yeah except there's think there's more companies here now right
1: well and and pharma right and yet we're we're doing it and if it comes from a Gilead as opposed to a Moderna. Yeah. Obviously, I don't care which one yeah, because just we just need please. to solve this yeah. thing. But the fact that those two companies based in Silicon Valley and Massachusetts are going at this, and I assume sharing some data as well, sure. is, is pretty wonderful because that's the yeah. kind of rivalry you want. Who's gonna come up with a vaccine sooner?
0: And we've got this comet that we're on yeah. that can empower us to find solutions that fast, as opposed to you know waiting for it to burn out like they did for 10,000 years. All right. All right. Well, that's kind of an optimistic note. I like that, yes. Okay, so we're out of time. What's the big stories for next week?
1: Well, we still have a lot more earnings to go. Yeah. So we'll see where the economy stands. And it'll be interesting to watch the gig economy folks versus the big companies and what they do. Um, If indeed $4 billion worth of Amazon profits go towards fighting COVID-19, let's let's see that in action. But I really worry about the small businesses that aren't getting their PPP loans. I worry about the people that are out of work. What are they going to do? Um, and each day they face that struggle, not to mention each week. So I worry a little bit about what we're going to talk about next week, but let's end with something positive. Like you just said, we're going to make progress. It's going to be a week of progress in one way or another toward something. More tests, perhaps a vaccine. I'm optimistic about that because of the same reasons you and Bob Groves just cited.
0: Good. Okay, that's it for now, folks. You can follow Scott on Twitter and Facebook, and, of course, watch him every weeknight at 5, 6, and 11 on NBC Bay Area. As for our producer, you can find Tad's work these days on Instagram, and you can find us now along with Tad's blog on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage, as well as on Spotify and Patreon. See you next week, and uh, maybe we'll get to the beach soon, except in Orange County. (laughs)